Hello, it's Ryan Sheely, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And hello, it's Davo. So glad you have found us. So glad you're along for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. This is the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players year-round weekly here on Clubhouse Conversation. Make sure you follow us, by the way, on Twitter, at Royals Clubhouse, so you always stay up to date with our latest interviews we publish throughout the week multiple times, at Royals Clubhouse, and then also on Facebook, Clubhouse Conversation, and, of course, you can subscribe through iTunes as well. But, yes, this morning we are pleased to bring you a chat with Ryan Sheely, who played for Kansas City from 2006 to 2008. What do you think of when I say Ryan Sheely? Most likely a big, tall first baseman that could really hit the ball, hit those gaps, put the ball over the fence, and a guy that many Royals fans don't feel maybe got a fair shake. He would never say that. Sheely loved his time in Kansas City, understands how the game works. He would never say that. But a lot of Royals fans felt maybe uh, that they would have liked to have get, you know gotten a longer look at Ryan Sheely throughout his times with the Royals. But wasn't meant to be the way it was. Did spend some time up here and had some nice totals here in KC. 740 OPS, club to 17 home runs, 77 RBIs between 06 and 08 in 123 total games with the Royals. Now, Sheely originally was drafted by the Rockies, as you'll find out, actually picked up twice out of high school and out of college at the University of Florida. Came up through the Colorado system and then uh, came over to the Royals with Scott Doman in the trade deadline in 06, one of Dayton Moore's first trades. He sent Jeremy Affelt and Denny Bautista to get Sheely and Doman. And Ryan joins us this morning on Clubhouse Conversation to talk about the entire ride from being a high school kid in the Fort Lauderdale area to moving back there these days and everything in between. Ryan, first of all, got to welcome you to the program and thank you so much for joining us. And second of all, how's everything going with you? Good. How you doing, Dave? Not too bad. How's life in Florida? Good? Things are going great. Things are going great. Um, my daughter just turned one years old, one on August 20th. And uh, so we're at life. Life is great right now. Good. And you're in the, what, the financial planning business these days? I am working. Yeah, I'm working in employee benefits. So like group health, group life. Um, I just made that switch about a month ago. I've, since I got done playing ball, I've done a done a few different things so um but yeah i'm currently currently in group group health benefits how does a guy with an advertising degree end up there great question um <laughs> I, I think i think the real answer to that is uh since i got my degree in advertising in 2002 and then i went ahead and had about 11 years of professional baseball anything i did learn in the advertising field is I've forgotten or uh, things are done differently. So it was basically like starting off at square one, really. Yeah, that, and, I guess uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, and now here I am. Well, now how about, uh, you know, the Royals? So seeing them flirting with 100 wins in 2015 all the way to Game 7 of the World Series in 2014. I mean, and that's got to be pretty fun for you, right, watching that? It really is. It really is. I mean, it's, it's a great organization. You know, when I, when I was there, it was – we were trying to get to where they are now, you know, it's fun to see, you know, Alex Gordon, 
getting a chance to, to be to be the player that everyone thought he would be. And you know, that's when I was there. He was it was like his first year in the league, and you know, to see how far he's come has been really a, a joy to watch for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a first class organization. I, I love the way they, they did things, and they're starting to reap the benefits. Did you watch pretty much every single game last year during the postseason? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I was locked in, man. I was, I was locked in. I, yeah, I, I tried to. This year, not so much. I mean, it's amazing what what a baby will do. Everyone told me that, but I haven't. <laughs> I don't even know the last baseball game I watched. I keep track of their standings, but. That's about it. Well, there'll be some time hopefully coming up deep into October. Uh, so I want to hear lots more about your Royal days, but let's go way back then and start with uh, you know your childhood and work our way back. So you grew up in the Fort Lauderdale area, uh, Cardinal Gibbons High School, and you played basketball and volleyball in addition to baseball. But was baseball always your number one love and your best sport growing up? Um, you know what? I, to be honest with you, back then my my, first, my primary love was basketball. Um, <laughs> I just I had to I had to work so hard at it to be to be even pretty good. At, but I think I I kind of had that aha moment. I'm six four, not overly athletic, <laughs> so baseball. I'm you know I might be better suited for baseball. I actually played a, a year of football too. Uh, my dad coached football for over forty years, so um, you know I, I actually had a lot of success in football. But that one concussion was more than enough for me. So baseball it was. What did you play? Tight end, defensive end. I played. T- I played tight end. I played a little bit of defense, but mostly tight end. Okay. Um, it just came naturally to me. I mean, I always always had good can- good hands. I'd catch everything and then kind of kind of fall down. No yards after catch, really. <laughs> but I would get catch if you threw it to me. Yeah, a possession receiver, right? That's it, man. Third and five, I'm your man. But anything further than that, I was, you know, I wasn't the guy you needed. <laughs> no screens. Uh, now, so you guys actually had a men's volleyball team too. Is, is that common in Florida? We did. Yeah, it's kind, it's kind of big down here. It's kind of big down here. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of beach volleyball. I actually, I played I played one year of that in high school. I did it for work on my jumping for basketball, which didn't help me. But um, <laughs> that was really why I played. But I, you know, I had fun doing it. A lot of my buddies played and. Um, so yeah, that's why I did it. Now they don't wear the spandex too, do they? Right? Oh no, 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 okay. no, no, no. no. I'd say it's guys like yeah, guys like me are the reason why there's no spandex <laughs> in men's volleyball down here. <laughs> You've got the loose shorts on, right? <laughs> that's it, Lo- loose as possible, man. Now, how about the Marlins? I mean, were you a Marlins fan? I mean, I guess they would have come along what about halfway through your childhood. Yeah, yeah. I, I always, I grew up like you know. I was actually a Braves fan. You know, when I was when I was a lot younger, they were about the only team on TV. So I grew up loving the Braves and Dale Murphy, and, and you know they were no good back then. And uh, so, but yeah, I go down to the Marlins games. I still go, you know, when I can. You know, my new gig kind of re- requires me to entertain some people, so we we get, we get on to some Marlins games. Now, while you were in high school then, so Louisville Slugger All-American, and that got you a baseball scholarship to the University of Florida, obviously. But before you went to Gainesville, you were actually drafted. Now, the Royals Media Guide says the eighth round. Baseball Reference says the fifth round. But either way, you were drafted out of high school by the Rockies. So how difficult of a decision was it for you to, to bypass that offer and go to college? Was one that you, Did you agonize over that, or did you pretty much decide I'm going to college no matter what? Um, it was actually it was the fifth round. It was the fifth round. Um, and... It was it was a tough decision. I mean, I would say it was tougher than my parents would have said it was tough. You know, they they were both school teachers, so education was certainly a priority. And um, 
you know, knowing what I know now, I definitely made the right decision. You know, fifth round, unless it's going to be life changing money. Like I think, you know, I'm 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 of the belief that you should probably try and go get an education. Um, and certainly, you know, we weren't talking life changing money, especially after taxes. So it was, uh, you know, I feel like I made the right choice and, and ended up getting a degree out of it. And so, you know, the Rockies actually drafted me again in college. So I think they just wanted me to try and hit some fly balls and course field. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no doubt. I mean, at Florida, you have single season records, 80 RBIs in a year, 186 uh, total bases in a season. I mean, what are your favorite memories of playing ball there in Gainesville? I, you know, it, it was it was a blast. I, I started as a freshman. Uh, I had it was a really a weird college career. I, I started as a freshman, did fine. Um, my sophomore year, I actually had Tommy John surgery as a first baseman, which is completely unheard of. Wow! Uh, but mine was just a one incident throw to second base, and I I pulled the ligament off the bone, and it was so I ended up missing my whole sophomore year, and then I had knee surgery my junior year. So I I was forced with the fact that I might not ever you know, fulfill my dream and play professional baseball. But then my senior year, I stayed healthy and, and, and did well. And, um, you know, we, we had some good teams, but not nearly as good as they are now. Man, what that might have been a blessing, though, that you didn't go pro. I mean, they may have given up on you after two straight years off the bat of that, right? The, the injuries well, like that's that? What I, and that's, that's what I tell everybody, man. I believe, I certainly believe that everything happens for a reason. And I had... I would, I would have been a prime candidate for they would have been like hey, you know what maybe professional baseball is not your not your thing so it, it was, I think it even it even made me more happy that I went to school yeah it worked out well so eleventh round of two thousand two Mike Day was the scout who signed you so were you expecting after they'd already taken you once was, was that the team you thought would take you that second time around um, I, I knew he liked me um, Mike was a, was a real good guy he came to a few of our games uh, in Gainesville and we, we heard a you know, a few brief conversations, and so I thought I'd be in the radar, but it's quite honestly, at that point, I was just like, you know, please just let someone take me so I can at least try this whole pro baseball thing, and, um, you know, like, I just remember on draft day, it's just being, just watching, that was just about the time where, they, <laughs> when you could watch it live on the internet, and uh, so I just remember just wanting anyone to pick me, and was just thankful it was the Rockies. Yeah, it worked out well. So you signed with them. You spent 2 in Casper, Wyoming with the Casper Rockies in the Pioneer League. So you were MVP of that league. You led the league in home runs with 19, RBIs with 70. You were second in batting at 368. So, you know, I want to know, what was it like playing baseball? Because I don't think they have a team anymore there. What was it like playing in Casper, Wyoming after being a Florida boy your whole life? It, I mean, it, that is like the definition of a culture shock. You yeah. know, it was... You know, and out Florida, they just, they really pamper the athletes. Like, you know, you take chartered flights, and it's it's almost like a, like a high-level, they run like a high-level professional organization. So then I go to Casper, Wyoming, and, you know, our the uh, our locker room was in, like, basically a, like a portable that you would see at a, at a school. Huh. Um, and the wire, the locker was like chicken wire, and, like, it was, uh, it was almost like a dog cage. Um but you know that since well, after I left, they redid the whole deal and the stadium turned out real nice. And, and then, but I know there's no team there now. So um, Pioneer League was really, really crazy travel. I remember like a 16-hour bus ride from Casper to Medicine Hat, Canada. Um, travel, travel was tough. Travel was tough. You know, we didn't have bus rides at Florida. We kind of flew everywhere. So 
it was it was definitely different. But it was a great league to hit in, great ballpark to hit in. So I was able to put up some numbers, thankfully. What were the fans like there? I mean, did you have decent decent attendance and stuff? Yeah, you know, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, uh, you know, I, I just I remember I actually remember being pretty impressed with with the turnouts. We had some some good crowds. You know, it's a short season week, so we're only playing you know fifty five sixty games. Um, but yeah, I thought the fans were great. Well, you ended up nearly getting the triple crown there. Same thing in 03. So you're third in the California League in on-base percentage, 391. And then 04, so with Texas League, home runs and RBIs, you led that with Tulsa, 29 and 99. And you were third in batting again then during that 04 season at 318. Texas League All-Star, Player of the Year, Rockies Minor League Player of the Year. So, I mean, how much fun was that 04 season in Tulsa and once again chasing that triple crown? It was it was a blast. It was a blast. You know, we had a we had a great team there. We, I remember we won the first half and um, got a chance to play in the playoffs. You know, uh, our, man, our manager was Tom Runnels, who he was the bench coach in Colorado for the, the you know the '06 when they were real good. Um, and I loved it. I loved my time in Tulsa. Was, yet again, another great ballpark, almost geared towards me. Towards me, I think it was like. 360 in the gaps in left center, so that, that was where I like to. I spent a lot of time hitting balls in, into left center, but um, it was a great experience. I mean, the, the only thing, my only regret is I had 29 RBI, 29 homers, and 99 RBIs with like two weeks left, and 30 and 100 just sounded way better, and I just couldn't get there. I <laughs> just could not, really, couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't hit another homer, couldn't get another RBI, so. Every time I see that on a baseball card or something, I'm like, really? You had like two weeks to, <laughs> to get that done and couldn't do it. So, Other than that, it was a great great experience. They, well, they all say, what, when you try to hit home runs, you can't. When you try to hit the ball hard up the middle, you do. Were you trying too hard, do you think, in retrospect? Oh, 100%. 100%. I think our leadoff guy got thrown out at the plate like twice, so I was all over him. <laughs> you know, then I would at least then I would at least have you know, 100 RBIs. But, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> All in all, though, man, great experience. Yeah, well, 2005, another great year for a couple of reasons. So let's start with the whole Team USA aspect of that. Uh, you were a teammate of a young Billy Butler on that Team USA. Did you get to know him at that time, and what was that experience like? <laughs> I did. I did. I just remember, you know, he, he was so young. You know, just talking to him, he was real young. The way he acted was really young, and so you watched him hit. I mean, that's the one, the one constant in his life is he has always been able to hit. Um, you know, and I knew that way back then. I think he was like 18 at the time, and um, but really just you know just a natural natural hitter. Uh, so you know it was fun playing with him there. We you know we stayed in, in decent touch, and then when I, you know when I got to Kansas City, it was you know we, we knew of each other, and so but Billy's a great guy. And then, so you're mashing the ball that year at AAA Colorado Springs. Uh, league All-Star, you're hitting 328, 26 home runs, 88 RBIs. And then in between that, you got your first call to the big leagues on June 14th of 2005. So take us back to that moment you first got the call up. Where were you at when you got the news? Who told you? And what was that you know, initial moment like? Oh, man, it was, it was, it was really a cool moment. I, just, I remember after the game, they called me in. My manager was Mark Foley, and my, my hitting coach was Alan Cockrell, um, who was one of the best, best hitting coaches I ever had, by the way. Um, so Marv calls me in and he says, hey, listen, um, we're thinking, do you want to uh, go help the double-A team clinch the first half? 
and my heart sank because I'm like, God, I'm doing my thing. Like, I don't want to go back down there. And I said, to be honest with you, Marv, uh, I don't. I already proved I could play at that level, and I don't really want to go down. And he starts belly laughing. He said, well, do you want to go to the big leagues? And I, you know, at that point, I I knew it was real, and it just it hit me like a, you know, a ton of bricks. And, you know, I got broke down a little bit, and I, I knew at that point I was going to get to go up. So um, to make it more special, I, I walked outside. My dad happened to be in town visiting me um, in Colorado Springs. And, you know, so t- to share that with him was, was really cool. Wow. Some, some tears there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then he, you know, he jumped on a plane, and I jumped on a plane, and uh, met him in Cleveland, which was where my debut was the next day. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, how about uh, you come up to the big leagues? You walk into a big league clubhouse. You know, what was that? What's your first kind of memory of walking in, and then what was it like having a guy like Todd Helton around you to help out too? Um, it, it was great. I, you know, I, I was fortunate, uh, and I got a lot of guys already. Uh, I went to big league spring training. Um, that spring so I you know it wasn't like I didn't know one person in the clubhouse so you know I knew the whole coaching staff so from that standpoint that transition was was fine and easy and I still had some friends that had come up come through the organization that were that were up there at that time Matt Holiday and Garrett Atkins and um so that transition was easy but I mean you know everyone tells you that that first game you play there's nothing like it everything's moving a million miles an hour I remember I couldn't I couldn't feel my legs like the first my first time in the box, and you know I had thousands of at bats at that point. But it was there's no there's no other feeling like it. There's no other feeling like it. And then eventually the game slows down and it, it turns into just playing baseball. But it was a whirlwind. That but most most guys that's what they go through. It's a whirlwind. You know when they want you up in the big leagues, they want you there now, and they throw you on a flight, and you're typically in the lineup that night, and there's not a whole lot of time to think about it. So that's that's kind of how it was. Yeah, well, you went 0 for 3 with a walk in your debut at Cleveland. Then the next day, June 15th of 05, you go 2 for 5 with a double and an RBI, and I'm assuming you remember the pitcher, right? The first Banjo League hit? I do. I do. CC. Yeah. CC Sabathia, yeah. Go yeah that was, so that's a good, good name to, to get your first hit off of. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. I remember I went 0 for 3 that first night, and I was like, gosh, I wonder if I could play up here. Just, you know, being an idiot, like... <laughs> Not chalking it up to just being one one bad game, and then so I think I got a, I hit my first at bat that second game. And, um, I just remember it was actually near a grand slam, it hit off the top of the wall, and uh, and almost it almost went out for, a, for it would have been a first hit grand slam, which would have been awesome. <laughs> but you know, I, I ended up getting a, a double, I believe, and I just remember thinking, you know, I'm officially in the books, and no one can take that from me. And what a what a cool feeling that was. Yeah, I mean, you had a good first season too. So you were second amongst rookies with 90 plus abs. You had a 3.30 average. You OPS 8.86. I mean, what sticks out? What else about that first summer in the big leagues? Um, I, I remember I stayed up there a few more weeks, and then I went back to, to Colorado Springs. It's just like anyone that goes back down, you know, you're you kind of pissed because once you taste the big league life, that's where you want to be. Yeah. And then Todd Helton actually went on the DL for the first time in his career. Um, so I got recalled, um, and I don't know, you might have the date there, but I can't remember when it was. I got recalled, ended up, ended up playing and, and did fine. You know, I, I, I felt like I competed. I played well defensively and, um, helped the team win some games. And, and then I got to go back again in, in September and, um, it was great. You know, the Rocky, I, I loved my time in Colorado and, and 
05 was just a great year, start to finish. Well, going into 2006, I'm assuming you had to feel pretty good about your chances at hopefully spending some time up there, even with all the logjam of guys they had. But then you begin the season back at Colorado Springs. You get called up to Colorado July 19th. So you're up there for about 12 days, and then July 31st comes around, and then, of course, the rest is history. You and Scott Doman come over for Denny Bautista and Jeremy Affelt to the Royals. So, I mean, kind of take us back to your mindset before you found out about the trade. I mean, were you completely shocked when you got the news? on that July 31st? Were you expecting to maybe get traded? What do you remember about that whole process? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that offseason, that was, that was, the, that was the offseason I played for Team USA. And, you know, the Rockies told me, they said, listen, we want to try and find a way to get you, to keep you in the big leagues. Obviously, Todd Hope's not going to go on anywhere. Um, we want you to try and learn to play the outfield. And so I lost, like, 20 pounds, which um, is a lot for, <laughs> for me. And, yeah. uh you know, I just tried. I worked on agility all off season, and um, it was Dave Collins, uh, who was our, the outfield coordinator in, in Colorado, came and and uh, worked me out a few times um, in Arizona, where I was training with Team USA. And you know, all in all, I was just trying to to become a decent outfielder to maybe play against lefties. You know, I, I was doing anything I could to try and be in the big leagues. And about the second game in spring training, in the outfield, I threw a ball in and. My elbow, you know, kind of strained a little. It strained it even more. You know, never fully healed from that first Tommy John. And, um, so I knew at that point, like my, you know, if I was going to play in the big leagues, I was probably going to get traded. So I rehab, rehab, rehab. You know, went to went to Colorado Springs, did my thing, um, got called up, and I, I knew that at that point that I was getting called up so that I could probably get traded to another big league team because then it would be a, a big league move a big league player for another big league player kind of thing yeah um and you know it got to be the trade deadline it got to be late during the trade deadline and um i, I didn't even I, I i went to the field and they finally told me uh been traded to kansas city and yet again the life of a ball player pack up you know pack up as much as you can had my car shipped and was on a flight and in Kansas City a few hours later. Wow. I mean, what, what were your reactions? Did you? Did, I mean, was that tough on you to leave the only team you'd ever known, the Rockies? Were you kind of sad, bittersweet? What was that like? Um, you know, I, I just I saw the handwriting was on the wall. I mean, Todd Helton had about 17 million reasons why <laughs> I would never, <laughs> after my elbow blew up and I knew the outfield was shut down, there was no way I was going to, uh, on top of being a great player, he was just making a lot of money. So I knew that I would probably have to take, you know, have to go somewhere else. And, um, I was just happy to have a chance to be honest with you. And I know that's, that's what I had dreamed of. And in Kansas city, I knew it was a young team and knew some of the guys that were on that team going into it. And so I was thrilled. I was thrilled to get a chance. Did you know much about the Royals then? I mean, you know, your initial thoughts when you hear Kansas city, you know, at that point, um, I knew, you know, I knew they 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 weren't winning, but I did know some of the younger players, and I, I thought maybe, you know, to be a part of that that youth movement and, and try and get them back to where they were, you know, in the mid '80s, would, would it would be fun and be a challenge. And you know, I I played against Mark Tien, and I you know I knew of John Buck, and I'd heard of Mike Sweeney, obviously. So, you know, like I said, I was just I was I was thrilled to be able to, to be in the big leagues, no matter where it was. So. And then I ended up loving Kansas City. You always wonder when you get traded with somebody. I mean, I always wonder at least. You know, do those two guys kind of have a bond? Did you ever get to know Scott Doman very well then from that point on? Um, 
No, you know, Scott, um, we got traded, and I, I can't, you know, I think he, I know he made a few other stops, but it wasn't, yeah, I don't think he was with us with Kansas City the next year. I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't remember. No, just 06. It kind of yeah. goes back to, like, the whole pitcher, pitcher hitter thing. Scotty was a great dude, but, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't hang out with him a ton, uh, away from the field too so i mean but as soon as i got there it was like john buck was the first person i saw and, and he and i are still you know he's one of my best friends to this day so um you know everyone was great from the time that i, that I showed up in kansas city well yeah so you have some nice moments that first year seven game hitting streak you have a game on september 14th against seattle with back-to-back home runs and five rbis then the next day after that you hit your first big league grand slam on september 15th also against seattle do you remember that you know that series pretty well oh yeah oh yeah yeah those are the kind of things you that you never forget yeah i'm i you know i i was i think it was i closed there for you know two and a half months and um it was just a blast. But, yeah, that Seattle series certainly stands out. What else about that first year? Anything else in Casey? Uh, no, you know, I had nothing but positive memories. You know, I, it would have been nice to win a few more games. But for me, and I, I would say some of the younger guys, it was, you know, just being able to play every day was great. You know, and, and Buddy Bell, I love playing for him. Bob McClure was the pitching coach who I had um, in Colorado Springs. So I love Bob McClure and, um, I was one of the, I think I, I may have been the first tra- first or second trade that Dayton made. Um, so, you know, he was great to me for, you know, from day one and I'm thrilled to see the success he's having because he's, he's done it the right way. Yeah. Um, from start to finish, really, you know, he took, he took some lumps the first few years, just like everyone else, but he's got it rolling now. So I'm happy for him. Yeah. You were the second. It was Gathright and Fernando Cortez were the first ones. That's right. Yeah, I, I always remember, I knew it was the second one. I just couldn't remember who that first trade was. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so 2007, a tough year then. So on one hand, you make your first big league opening day roster, so that's exciting. But then you get off to a tough start, and you get that stubborn left hamstring issue all of 2007. You went in the DL May 1st of that year, and then the same injury pretty much ended your season on June 30th of that year. So h- how did you first injure the hamstring, and then how frustrating was that season? Um, I just – I, I... – I heard it uh, trying to score on a ball, trying to score on a ball. I remember like feeling like a gunshot in my hamstring, and um, it, it was really it was really unfortunate. You know, they everyone will tell you, no matter who they are, to to get to the big leagues is easy. To, to stay is the hard part because not only do you have to play well, but you got to be lucky. And 2007 was a combination of both. I didn't play even remotely like I was capable, but you know, part of that was because. You know, you miss. I missed a lot of time with the hamstring, and I just couldn't find my couldn't find my swing. And um, you know, so '07 was was pretty much a wash. You know, what should have been a joyous year for me. Making you know, I was on a big league. I started on opening day and um, against the Red Sox, and it was you know, it was awesome. But you know, the, the year certainly didn't end up end up the way I wanted it to. Do you remember that, uh, speaking of opening day against the Red Sox, do you remember how you know Alex's first at-bat and that long at-bat and getting a standing O after the strikeout? Do you remember that at-bat from Alex? Um, I think, yeah, I do. I think I, I think I do. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I, that kid, he had so much, you know, being basically a local product, he had so much um, hype and attention going into that year. And I, I was always impressed with the way he handled it. He didn't get off to a good start either. Um you know that year, and he just kept grinding and battling, and ended up ended up doing fine for his rookie year. And he, he was 
that's just who he is. I mean, he's he's one of the hardest workers I've ever been around, and he deserves everything he gets, you know, from the game. Well, after that 07 season then, so they move on from Buddy Bell and hire Trey Hillman. What do you remember about that process of, you know, going from Buddy to Trey in that 08 spring training? I remember going in being, you know, a little uneasy in that, you know, I'm coming off not a good year and, um, you know, and being hurt. And then now I have a new manager who doesn't know me. And But, you know, I thought Trey did, I thought Trey did great. You know, um, I didn't end up making the team that year, but, you know, I loved a lot of the ideas he had during spring training. And um, he, was a, he was a pro and, and he, you know, he treated everybody fairly and, um, but yeah, you know, I, I didn't end up making the team that year. I, that's when I started a couple of my stints in Omaha. Yeah. Well, I mean, hell, you tore the cover off the ball that year. So, you know, pretty much the entire month of September, except for that September call up, you had 879 OPS, 376 on base, 2265. But then it's not till September. I mean, were you kind of surprised that they hadn't, you know, called you up before that? Um, you know, I, um, not really, not really. I mean, it's just it's just kind of the way it was. They were, they were trying to give Ross Quote a full look, a full season, um, to see if he could be an everyday first baseman, and, and I understood that. You know, he had always been a bench player and a very good bench player at that. So they were they wanted to give him a, a full year, and, and that's what they did. So you know, I was yet again. Anytime I was in the big leagues, I was just I was thrilled to be there. So <clears throat> that was the way I approached it, and to even get to go up in September was was huge and I, and I did I, play, I played well I played I played I played as well as I did during you know during that month period that was you know and I always felt that was the player that I could be and um, but like I said you you have to be lucky you have to be good and you know guys like Billy Butler that are that are a lot younger than you that, that can do some very similar things uh, sometimes you, you don't you don't get the nod. Yeah, well, now that 08 season was kind of when, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Free Sheely movement was started. So I'm sure if Twitter was around back then, you would have had the hashtag Free Sheely. I mean, did, did you all feel quite a bit of love from Royals fans? Yeah, no, they were always great to me. They were, they were always great to me. Um, and I, you know, when I was there, I, with the exception of 07, which you know, was only like 200-something at that, so not even close to a full season, um, I played pretty well, too. And I, you know, I tried to try to be pretty active in the community and, you know, my, I'm always upbeat and trying to be positive, and so you know, I tried to be good to them too because you could just feel it even back then. We weren't winning games, but they were yearning to have a good product out on the field, and it's no surprise that they're that they're getting the support that they are now. Um, now that they are winning games, so they, you know, you could see with the Chiefs too. It's it's a it's a it's a great sports city, and I, I love the fans there. So before we talk about the end of that 08 season, I wanted to ask you about Omaha. So Rosenblatt Stadium, no longer there, obviously, and but you know, kind of playing in Omaha. How'd you like that park and, and you know that experience? Um, playing there was great. Uh, you know, I'd never gotten to, to go there uh, when I was at the University of Florida. Every it seemed like every year we lost to Miami in the regional, and they got <laughs> to go to Omaha, and we did. But <laughs> uh, so playing there, uh, it was great. You know, there tons and tons of history there. And, you know, it's it's just like anything when when you're grinding and in the minor leagues, you see too much of any of your home stadium. You're there, you're there so much, but uh, I enjoyed it. Love playing for Mike Jersley. He was great. Um, you know, we we were we were okay. We were just okay in, in Omaha as far as wins and losses, but ended up ended up liking that city too. I enjoyed my time there. Did you make an appearance at the zoo there? Um, I did. Yeah. 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 
a must a must visit while you're there. Now, I, I apparently yeah. Yeah. apparently you liked the date September 14th because you did that Seattle a couple years before that. Then that September up in Kansas City at Cleveland, you had another two home run game in five RBIs. I mean, do you remember that one too at the Jake there? Oh, wow. That was the same day. I'd never, I'd never heard that. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, yes, I do. I remember, I always hit well in Cleveland. I don't remember, you know, coincidentally, I was the, the, play, the first place I played in the big leagues with, with Colorado, but I, I don't know if that had something to do with it or not, but I was always comfortable hitting there. And, um, I sure do. I remember that. I remember that day very well in Cleveland. Well, so 2009, you came back to KC, but you, then you just get in 25 games at Omaha. Uh, I'm assuming injury is what happened in that 09 season in Omaha. Um, that was, that was when it started to kind of go downhill for me. I, I, um, you know, I'm coming off a great September. Everything feels great. Um, you know, but the first move the Royals made was they signed Mike Jacobs. Um, so, you know, at that point I was like, ah, I don't know. If it, I mean, maybe that's about as good as I can play, and if that's not good enough, then, you know, <laughs> the handwriting was kind of on the wall. So I went back to, to Omaha and AAA, and, you know, I was kind of upset just because coming off that, that good September, but at the same time the Royals treated me professionally. Dayton handled it great, you know, like he always does. And, um but then, and I got off to a good start. I was hitting the ball pretty well, and um, and then my knee blew up. And but this time it was a major one. I ended up I ended up needing what they call microfracture knee surgery. You see some of the NBA players that get it, um, the Amari Stoudemire's and, and, and guys like that. And it was it was nasty. It was two months of non weight bearing. So I was you know I, c- I couldn't even like walk around. Couldn't even be you know it, it was it was it was pretty brutal. Um, so I missed virtually all of 09 with the exception of those 20-something games. Man. So, and, and then you and the Royals, I mean, I guess that's it at the end of 09. Was that a, a mutual part at that point? You know, what happened there at the end? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, that, I, that was just, that's just the way, that's just the way it goes, you know. I, I was a free agent the next year. and That's when uh, Tampa Bay wanted me. And, um, so I decided to decided to try my luck there. You know, it's in, it was in my home state, and went to spring training with them, and um, you know, and had some time in, in Boston as well in 2009. And yeah, that was basically it for '09. Yeah, well, you got in five games as a, as a Red Sox there, you know, in Boston during that uh, 2010 season. What was that like playing with Boston? It was really, it was cool. I mean, you know, I, I, I was there, you know, over a month and I had like five at bats. So I tell people it was kind of like a paid internship, <laughs> um, to, but I had the best seat in the house in Fenway park. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I had five or six at bats and three of them were against Neftali Feliz in a pinch hit role. And he's throwing 101 and I was like, am I really supposed to get a hit off him? But, um, so yeah, that, it was a great experience. You know, the Red Sox, obviously, everyone knows, it was first class, and, and they were, you know, Terry Francona was, was awesome, and I enjoy. I certainly enjoyed being there, but, you know, not a huge sample size, like five or six at-bats <laughs> in a month and a half. Yeah, five at-bats, a paid internship. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. 16 games, was was this winter ball, Mexican League? Was that that year? Was that winter ball? Yeah, or? yeah. I went and, you know, because I, I, I figured – you know, I, I I had just an okay year in AAA. I was probably not even okay by, by what I had done in the past. And 
I just wanted to try and show people that I, that I my knee, that I was, you know, back and I was healthy and I wasn't really. I mean, it, I just, I was never quite honestly the same after that knee surgery. But yeah, I went to, went to Omaha and tried to, <clears throat> tried to get it going or not to Omaha. I went to Mexico and tried to, tried to get it going and, um, you know, check that off the list when, when did that played, <laughs> played there for a little bit. Didn't love it. Um, it's kind of hit or miss. If you talk to guys that have played in winter leagues, you know, some guys love it, do it every year. I was not that guy that loved it and wanted to do it every year. <laughs> was that your first year of winter ball then, that, that one year? It was. It wow. was, yeah, because, you know, in, in, in 05 I played for USA team, and um, you know, every every year after that I just, you know, I, I, I didn't – I just enjoyed being home too. You know, my family is all back in South Florida. And I enjoyed being home, so – and I, I figured during the year I had enough of that, so I didn't really – need to go play and and but yeah so check that off list i did it yeah off the bucket list well 2011 then one more professional season with the blue jays organization you know triple a las vegas you had typical ryan shealy numbers high ops 850 11 home runs 56 rbis and hardly any games so i'm a guy that loves las vegas i'm obsessed so i i always wonder for a guy that plays in las vegas is it are you distracted at all i mean do you want to go gamble the nightlife what was it like playing Oh my God, are you distracted? Yeah, I mean, th- <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, you know, the way the schedule sets up, you're really never home for more than seven days at a time, or it could have gotten really ugly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it was fun, man. You know, it was fun. I, they, I, I was kind of they were, they wanted me to, to help David Cooper and be more of a mentor to him. So I, you know, I, I played sporadically. I play for two weeks at a time and then go on the on the Phantom DL for you know. A, a torn fingertip or something, and they'd make something up so that, you know, just the way it is, just create roster spots. Um, but, um, you know, they, 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 Blue Jays yet again, I mean, I, I was fortunate. Every, everywhere I went, the organizations were first class, and I enjoyed my time there. And But, you know, with the, with the amount of time that I logged on the bench, I, the handwriting was kind of on the wall, and then they, they offered me a coaching position at the end of the year at, so everyone says you, you'll you'll know when your time is is coming, and, and that's that's the way that's the way it felt to me. Um, so that was you know that was the last year I played. Did you actually end up coaching? I didn't know about that part. I did. I didn't. No, they they, they you know we we talked briefly about it. It wasn't like a formal deal, but I'm, I I only say that because that's how I realized they viewed it as yeah maybe my playing days were kind of coming to a close and. You know, quite honestly, between my knee and my elbow, and uh, I just, I was kind of sick of, of dealing with pain, and, and, and it was it was, it was was the right time for me, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you look back at your entire career overall, what are you most proud of with your life in baseball? Um, I think I think getting to the big leagues is the easy answer. Um but I mean, all in all, I, w- I would say, and I tell you know, I ended up coaching high school baseball down in Fort Lauderdale for the last four years. I didn't do it. Um, I won't do it this year. But um, I tell kids all the time. I mean, the easiest thing in the world to do is be a good teammate and play and play the game the right way. And I feel like I did that. So I mean, you know, day in and day out, I gave it what I had, and I, and I think most people would say I was a very good teammate too. So you know, that's probably what I'm most proud of. But the easy answer is obviously. Going from being an 11th rounder, signing for a thousand dollars at the University of Florida, driving my mom's Buick to 
Coors Field, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, not not having any money and grinding it out and making it to the big leagues was was definitely my my biggest achievement. What did you spend that signing bonus on, by the way? Did you get 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 any items for yourself? You know. Some groceries no, or something? No, not really, man. I think I, 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 I don't even, I don't remember. It doesn't go very far. <laughs> After taxes, right? <laughs> After taxes, you're not going very far. Without, but, but, pay the uh, pay the cable yeah, bill? Like, <laughs> what's that? Pay the cable bill that first month? Or right, something? right, right. Cell phone bill, yeah. <laughs> well, last four questions for you then. So going back to Kansas City then. So favorite memories, you know, when you think back right now, when I say Kansas City Royals playing here at Kauffman Stadium, what do you think of the most right now? Um, I think, you know, so much has changed with the stadium and, and I haven't even been back since all the renovations, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's just, I, I think what I, what I think about is that that was my first, the first time that I was given a real opportunity in the big, in the big leagues. You know, that was, that was the first organization that I felt like this was my chance. So, you know, from that side of things, it was you know, it'll always hold a special place to me because that's where obviously every player wants to be in the big leagues. Now, how about uh, on an off day? Like, think about Kansas City. Uh, you know, as a city, what part of town did you live in? You know, what were your favorite hot spots when you think back to oh, the city? I love the, I love the plaza area. Yeah. I, I, I think two of the years I stayed in like in a condo on the plaza. I just would frequent you know many of those eating slash drinking establishments. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> tried to not it not as much. I tried to not. Uh, frequent the drinking ones, but you know life happens. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, great barbecue, Oklahoma Joe's. You know all the. You know I, I just I love the people there. You know being from South Florida, some of the you know some people are completely different than they're in the Midwest. You know the the people in Kansas City were great. Speaking of Florida, one thing I forgot to ask you. You know did any any fun uh, early Zach Grinky stories? Anything stick out about that? Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I, I didn't know him until I met him in Kansas City. So, um, you know, I had a, a few interactions with him, and, and um, they were, you know, there was, was back when, you know, he was struggling you know, with, with some anxiety and stuff, and then I, I played with him after that, after, you know, he went through everything that he did, and and he's a great dude. Zach Rinke is a great guy, and like I love, I, he's another one I love watching and love seeing him have success because I know, I know some of the places he's you know he's been in the past. So, yeah, you mentioned uh, you mentioned John Buck earlier. I mean, anybody else you stay in touch with from here? Um, Mark Sheehan, uh, Mike Avilas a little bit, Shane Costa. You know, baseball's funny like that. You know, it's you're they're like your closest people when when you're playing, and then you could not talk to them for six months or even a year and. Um, and then pick right back up. And, and a lot of those guys from Kansas City, you know, were that way. You know, we're now with Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. You can you can certainly stay up with people and their family a lot easier than than um, certainly when I was in the minor leagues. Yeah, totally. Well, last thing for you, very last question is, what would you like to say to all the Royals fans listening right now? I would just like to say um, thanks for the support when I was there, and you guys deserve all the success that the, that the team is having this year. And hopefully they can they can finish up strong and, and 
thanks again for all the support when I was there. Yeah, well, thank you for all your time and for all that you gave to the organization. Class act, played the game the right way, like you said. It was always fun watching your bats, and hopefully you'll, you'll get to see the stadium renovations, bring the little one out here when she gets a little bit older one of these days. Yeah, and make a trip. we're definitely going to do that. We're definitely going to show where Daddy played for a little bit. So that, that'll, that'll be fun. I appreciate it, Dave. Yeah, good. Take care. We'll t- stay in touch. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye.